0: You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha, thank you for being here with us. On this edition of the podcast, RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter continues. Black Minds Matter is a charity on a mission to connect black individuals and families with free mental health services by professional black therapists. Black Minds Matter are currently looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate £5 a month. With your support, they can take real steps towards achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on the face of black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you are able to help. Every month in 2021, we'll celebrate a Black-owned creative electronic music project by hearing their story on the podcast, on the site, and by offering some financial support. You can find the full details of RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter at ra.co forward slash about forward (coughs) slash community. All right, let me fill you in on this month's episode. So Andrew Mensah is back with us. This time he spoke with Chloe Bailey Abazi, a DJ with a passion for storytelling. For me, stories just take so many different forms and you
1: don't even realise that you're a storyteller half the time when you're retelling or recounting any singular thing that you've witnessed, experienced, heard or read and within that you then also you know include your own experience your own context your knowledge like your perspective what I think has perhaps always been missing is having something that focuses distinctly on black storytelling and and black
0: people. Chloe runs the queer and black book club Oka and set up print. A digital platform for storytelling with the intention to highlight the stories of people of black ancestry. You're about to hear Andrew and Chloe speaking about the importance of making reading accessible, storytelling in music with or without lyrics and creating outside of existing systems.
2: Joining me, Chloe. Um, so Chloe is the founder of the queer black uh, storytelling platform called Prim. I'll oh, let her. I mean, that was obviously a very, very uh, watered down uh, description <laughs> description of what the, the platform actually is. But I know I just might do it any justice, and um, this is exactly what this uh, interview is for. Um, But um, I'll let her kind of, like, explain it in a second. But, yeah, this is another episode of RA um, in collaboration with Black Minds Matter. Um, So, yeah, thanks for joining me, Chloe. How are you today?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. It's lovely to finally meet you.
2: Yeah, you too. (laughs) Thanks for joining me today. Um, Okay, first of all, for those who aren't aware, could you give us, like, a, a brief synopsis of what Prim is? And also, I'd like to know exactly, like from your side, what it, what Prim means to you hmm. as well.
1: Okay, cool, sure. Um, so Prim is, in a nutshell, a platform for storytelling, um, but Prim itself is specifically mostly digital. So we've created a platform which you can access via the very amazing URL, Black. <laughs> I'm
2: so impressed, with
1: that, mate. <laughs> I was very impressed finding it, and it was it's so interesting because I never knew there was a dot black until I I went to a talk years before I even started Prem, mm. and they had a dot black, and they were like, yes dot black you can get it and i was just like okay well whenever i start whatever i'm gonna do in life i'm gonna have a dot black
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
1: so it works really well but um mm-hmm. ultimately prim is dedicated to educating and connecting and documenting um and of course sharing the myriad of black stories Um, experiences and you know our words that we use to ultimately tell our stories we really want to create um, more and more archivable moments we want there Mm -hmm. to be a space that focuses on um, allowing people to express themselves and also a space where people can come and enjoy the, the, the varying ways that we express ourselves um, and aside from that you know our goal is really just to create a space where African, Caribbean and Afro-Latinx at the moment is a focus um, you know those, those stories from those you know people are accessible mm. to everyone. Um, and -hmm. we do that by creating a office catalog um, by having written stories video readings films documentaries photography you know more and more will come as we sort of evolve as people um, and we discover Mm. new and more ways of expressing ourselves creatively but yeah it's very much about having a space that's dedicated to black storytelling in all the mediums that we use so yeah Mm
2: -hmm. yeah man it's amazing like i i still like distinctly remember when our mutual friend yo Yo um, was telling me about Mm. it and i just remember thinking like in the moment like it it felt so similar just from the description and just that it kind of like felt so right Mm. that And it was weird that something like this, it felt like it should have already existed. (laughs) Literally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something, it was something about it. Um, And I think it's also because, like, storytelling is such a a natural, like, human pastime. It's just, like, so ubiquitous. Like, when you think about it, it's like everything we do is storytelling, right? Yeah. Um, So it's like, I, I guess for me, it felt, if, Feels like it's also like almost like an extension of like what a group of friends will be mm. doing like when they meet up do you know what I mean
1: yeah literally I think it's I mean for me stories just take so many different forms and you don't even realize that you're a storyteller half the time when you're retelling or recounting any singular thing that you've witnessed experienced, heard or read and within that, you then also, you know, include your own experience, your own context, your knowledge, like your perspective, it all starts to come out through that. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think what I think has perhaps always been missing is having something that focuses distinctly on black storytelling and and black people. Um, And the other part of that is black British people, because, I feel like we so often become overshadowed by literally the US. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. there's
1: actually no one else. Um, mm. And you know that experience of Black British people just too often is lost. And where it does exist, it exists purely from a musical standpoint, which I absolutely completely am for. But even Mm -hmm. musicians and even music is inspired by written stories, by films, by documentaries, by videos. Um, And we also have, you know, scores of creatives that are not necessarily trying to create music or focus on sound specifically. So how do we Mm -hmm. create a space that envelopes all of that? Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hope that like Prim becomes that thing. Um, yeah. yeah.
2: Was there? I mean, I know you had the um, your book club, uh, which I guess was the the precursor. Yeah, but so... what was the? I, I guess I'm trying like trying to kind of get to like how how it developed into what it is mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, was there something like was there a defining moment, or was a it was it like a natural progression where? I guess everyone decided that this was needed. Like,
1: so to be fair, um, as a as an idea, and I guess as a nugget, Prem is as a platform is something that I definitely always wanted to do, but mm-hmm. I guess I just kind of felt like. If we really are to carve up storytelling in the different ways that we tell stories, there are pockets. So you do have people that are mostly interested in written stories, mostly interested in um, visual stories, and you know so on and so on. So how can you ultimately start to engage these pockets of um, interest and start to funnel it into? A way that broadens those the focus of those who only like written stories to also have a focus on art and music and mm. um, audio books for example so mm-hmm. and I feel like starting with the book club the key for that was reading is almost always our base like that is always the starting point um, And, you know, there's a lot, particularly with the book club, that I, as a personal interest, really wanted to see in book clubs. I wanted to see more black people in book clubs. I wanted to see more focus on black authors um, and also create a space for queer and black people.
0: Mm. As
1: a gay in the city, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I... Mm -hmm you know, there are certain things that I do as a queer person, certain places that I go to, such as clubs and, you know, and um, whatever else it might be. But clubbing was probably the key thing. And I didn't feel like there was any other space for me to connect with my fellow queers that wasn't surrounded by the club scene at a particular time. Not because there's things don't exist but because I didn't know about them or it wasn't also kind of in line with who I am as a person and my own personal interests and the book club was like okay cool here is something that we can create that will be cool will be fun will engage with the community of queers that I have already in my environment and also be a learning moment and continually mm-hmm. be a learning moment um, and starting that first meant that it was just something really tangible that people could come to that I could just put on and it would grow organically and then that would create a pathway to prim um, okay. and create space for us to be like okay cool we love stories we love written stories but Here's this other world of stories that we're not necessarily engaging in. And mm. you can find it on print. <laughs>
2: I love that. There's actually um, a lot of uh, beautiful bits in parts to that, actually. I mean, I love that you actually, there was always this kind of vision um, from the beginning. Um, and it's like kind of like manifested it's kind of come to fruition like and it's actually grown through this like pathway which and maybe you didn't necessarily like have every single step in there but it's actually now you've got there in the end and there's yeah there's something really beautiful about that but then also like what I really picked up on was like how you had this you talked about this idea of creating a space not necessarily because you didn't think there was anything else out there but it was because because it wasn't necessarily in in your personal sort of like sphere Mm. or environment um of which you were drawn Mm. to so because you didn't see it doesn't mean it wasn't there but actually you've now made something for yourself which is really amazing yeah um yeah and yeah man that's such a massive achievement i mean i feel like that's it's the sort of thing that um sometimes is you're kind of like fortuitously like kind of like stumbled upon it just happened for some reason Mm. but like this is like
1: cultivated uh, it
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. And I think it's you know, I I do genuinely believe and it does stem as well from this um you know, when you think about the political environment and you think about how we as black people are almost You know, in here and in any country, you're almost working with the governance of that nation or of that school or of that Mm. workplace to make them see you to make to become Mm -hmm. visible to them. So much so that they will then start designing things and um, putting different systems and processes in place with you in mind. But it often feels to me like literally asking someone who will never understand what it is to exist as you do to create things for you. And it is ultimately something that hasn't really worked. There's been, you know, this reform and different things that have changed. But actually, what you really want is to completely remove that layer of wanting them to create something for you and yeah. create it yourself. And then they will have to adapt and adjust in order to be included <laughs> in what you've mm. created. Because mm-hmm. we've tried talking to y'all. You don't listen. So do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to wait for you to get on board. Because... yeah. And I think, to be fair, you know, it gives you real ownership of that, of that thing. It means no one can ever pull it. No one can ever take it away because you made it. We made it. You know, the people are, you know, we are, we are the power. And so Mm
2: -hmm. when
1: we decide what, what needs to exist, make it.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: You
2: know, I guess like, um, it's funny, like you kind of talk about, um, kind of waiting for them to catch up do you, I feel like actually in a way also like Prim has also had quite a, a rapid ascension as well um at least in in the sense like when I first found out about you and then and started reading around I saw like your name was like in a few places where I was like oh actually this <laughs> is like this is quite big it's
1: actually it's crazy when when I look at the features that Prim has existed in and even you know myself I'm just like wow that's that is kind of crazy
2: yeah yeah do you feel like you're almost in a way potentially well not potentially but in a way you're, you're almost kind of catching up with that as well like that almost um
1: yeah, I, know.
2: I I don't want to call it premature at all, no, but like but I, I do think know that what you mean where it's do you know what like... I mean? You've got like a bit of a, a spotlight, but actually, I think for, for me, it feels like you you have this like real amazing idea, but actually, it might not be where you want it to be at the point of presentation. If that makes sense. I'm not knocking it at all. Do no, you know I'm what I mean? Knock but it
1: down, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, But I mean, I I
2: think it's because I I when I I read. I know there's, I was going to touch on this anyway later, Mm. but like there's so much, there's so many themes and ideas that come out of um, just the, the, the premise of what the platform actually is that I feel like I would like to, really really kind of explore all of these, these different things and i know you will do that yeah. um so uh, yeah it just it was like oh wow there's like already this like attention from all these different places it's like yeah. do you is there like there's suddenly like a bit of a pressure on you as well maybe
1: so i think to a certain degree yes and actually this is where um you know platforms like black minds matter and just being in tune with your mental well-being comes becomes really important. Because I Mm -hmm. think, you know, when you've been in, I guess, you know, established, almost institutional magazines and collaborated with sort of really important bodies, you Mm -hmm. do kind of get this sense that, okay, cool. Well, I need to be doing this, this, this and this in order to sustain or maintain this momentum. And Mm -hmm. that for me, can then feel short term yeah. because if you don't create the foundations if you don't ensure that your systems um in terms of business is truly strong then it's not going to be sustainable and i'm not here for prim to not be sustainable regardless of whether i exist as a part of prim in any capacity for 10, 20 years, it is something that I want to exist for 10, 20 years. So I have to work in a way that ultimately sets us up for that. So I think as well, I think I feel really proud that we've been able to engage and be seen by these, you know, important, um, you know, magazines and been featured in really great things and and it helps with that momentum. But I do also remember that I need to not sort of get carried away with that. That doesn't mean that I now need to rush beyond my plan or do anything in a way that takes away from the primary agenda, which is to create a space for my community where they can feel seen, supported, where they can share their stories and where it can be archived. Um, and if we don't do it in the right way, then, you know, in two, three years, what is prim? Do you know
2: what I mean? Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, and. Actually, I think it's so refreshing to hear that because I think that, there, I think what's really great is that because you have had this um, attention, it's really nice because you've actually got, I don't know. There's like there's a bit of like, I think it it shows that there people appreciate the the importance of what the platform is, or at least it kind of like gives people. Um, a sense of like there is something coming that makes sense but what's really refreshing is what about what you said is that actually that doesn't mean that actually you should change the path like you should change the pace at all because actually as you say like doing it the right way is the only way do you know what I mean otherwise like you're gonna fall. Yeah, you literally. Doing and you know, then you yeah. take
1: on too much, and you can't, um, you know, see through projects in the best way. Like I still have a full time job, and you know mm. that's my main breed. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be
1: maintained until <laughs> until I'm in a position where I don't necessarily need it anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is really a tough balance because also, even within myself, I'm like, I just want to do this. Like, I just want to mm-hmm. be able to focus on Prim and other sort of personal interest projects. But you know, sustainability in terms of my finance, my well-being, my actual ability to commit to things time-wise. Um, and my health, you know, I'll be out here trying to find the eighth day. It's not healthy. <laughs> Man, I hear but you. It doesn't work. You know. Like, I don't know. My voice yeah. has gone. I think my voice might sound a bit cute on this because I'm a bit husky right now because of my cold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, when you're run down, what can you really achieve in the way that you want it when you're not operating at your optimum you're not able to be as productive as you want to be
2: exactly yeah yeah i think it's it's the healthy the healthy uh route you've taken and i think that's the only way you should go you should ever feel pressure to do anything <laughs> Absolutely. more yeah and i mean what has the uh response been like so far from from the community as well
1: Um, do you know what? Just largely really positive. I think that, you know, the the space that it creates is one that just shows, you know, the value of um, black people, of black British people, of our creativity. Um, And I think most importantly, I want to make sure that, you know, whatever I'm doing whatever Prim is doing, our focus is being able to pay people I mm-hmm. don't really believe in voluntary work I did a lot of voluntary work when I was younger mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think as a society we're past that we're, we're really, really truly past volunteering um, we're really past sort of unpaid work experience and all that stuff, I want to make sure that people are paid for what they create Um, And also beyond that, not being sort of a force that is judging people's work, like not creating a space where there is a hierarchy around what you create. There's always room for people to develop, but Prim is not going to be the one to say, this is worth existing on our platform and this is not. Obviously, if something is very clearly... um, you know, against I guess community has anything that's ultimately working to just doesn't have the right tone. I guess you know we don't want to create harm, and we don't want to create a create room for people to create harm. But I think you know all of our stories are valid. Every single way we choose to share them is valid, and so I want people to see Prim as a place where anything you want to share you can share it but you do also have to be mindful of not working to harm people in that so it's a bit of a a careful one but I just feel like you know for the most part it has been very positive people find a lot of learning from Oka in particular because of you know the variety of books that we're sharing bringing people together to share in and enjoying, you know, the work of a particular author. Um, And also, you know, our authors catalogue, we, you know, went through months of doing research into, you know, country by country, black authors, and we got, I guess, a database now of over 700 plus authors, all of black ancestry as far as we can check <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. and I think that for me is probably our most powerful thing because it is about ensuring that we know who these creators are and we're not just fed the same 10 20 people on Black History Month like all love to Chimamanda and Dead Man but that's not all we have, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's important that we showcase the variety and we give room for those individuals to, to thrive as well.
2: Yeah. It's, it is so, it is so important and, and actually, yeah, that was one of the things I noticed as well, like first, like when I did a bit of like looking around the site that mm. archive um, is like, so impressive. It's very extensive and, like, just so many names. It didn't rise of so many.
1: Why? Can you imagine us doing that? Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> putting yeah. that
1: together was actually, like... And it's still not finished. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still more names that I need to, you know, put, actually, onto the platform. Um, And, yeah, and it's, it's ever-growing because there's more and more authors coming out every every month you know every year
2: yeah and as you say i mean like knowledge is progress right
1: honestly like you don't know nothing like what's gonna happen like <laughs> <laughs> but i think oh, i can't remember who it was but um it's, it's escaped me now but the quote is that you have to you ultimately need to know your past in order to inform your present and instruct your future so if you if you don't know what's happened before you can't really understand what's happening now and you won't know what to do for the future. So for me anyway reading has always been that important, that integral. I say always. I actually really got into reading books when I was like 14, 15. And that is actually Mm. late. I'm not even joking. You see these kids reading at six. (laughs) (laughs) But it genuinely just... It changed my whole perspective. It changed how I saw everything. It changed how I saw my environment and myself and how I understood my my presence in this world. Mm. Um, And also my privilege being you know, brought up and almost, you know, birthed in Britain in comparison mm-hmm. to, you know, family and siblings born in other places.
2: Yeah. I think um yeah, like actually since you kind of got on, gone on to that, like it kind of leads quite nicely onto this whole idea of mental health and I feel like actually when we come to talk about mental health a lot of the time, at least in conversations that I've had with people around me, um, with people of colour, at least, I know that a lot of the conversation that kind of comes to mind um, is about identity and is about like knowing yourself as a person. And I feel like actually this is something which really, which really tweaked me when I was reading about Prim and how there was such a A close sort of like relationship between like thinking about what conversations come up when it comes to like mental health and then and what storytelling is doing like there's such a close relationship Mm -hmm. there I don't know if it was something which you were kind of conscious of when you were when you were thinking about it at all or Mm -hmm. something that you've come to realize
1: I think maybe a mixture I think for myself I know the therapeutic nature of writing and reading and having peaceful moments like i'm a cancerian so we're very homebody very crabby (laughs) and there were certain things where i noticed if i don't have time to myself it makes me feel different as opposed yeah. to if I do. So I definitely understood that from my perspective and I understood that from, you know, my friends who, you know, all have different creative outlets and those creative outlets do more than it just being like, I'm a really good artist and I like doing this thing. It's taking time for yourself independently to concentrate focus muse whatever it might be and when you're not able to do that you see the difference because of what, what, yeah. what whatever is happening you know whether you're stressed over you know your finances or a job or you're working too hard on this job so you can't do this you know creative practice that you really enjoy all of it contributes to you know yourself and your sense of self and I feel Like, I definitely knew that with writing. And one of the reasons why, with Ocker especially, I was like, how can I ultimately make sure that for those who perhaps can't... Some people cannot be still enough to read or they don't enjoy the practice of reading. So how do you engage those individuals because ultimately what they're going to gain from engaging in this story is going to be beneficial on many Mm. levels and -hmm. you do that by creating other ways to engage in stories so my first thing was to reach out to audible uk and be like can you give me access to free audiobooks like flat out that yeah. way, whatever story we're reading, at least there's always going to be an audiobook option. And they said, yes. Boom. So now we've got that. So there's always an audiobook. Nine times out of ten, depending on the book. Cause some books don't have the audiobook. But yeah, there's always access to free audiobook.
2: That's amazing
1: Exactly. Secondly, Mm. making sure that we will purchase books For anyone who can't, for any reason, afford to buy a book So taking away the anxiety or the stress of having to pay for a book Because that Mm -hmm. also has an impact on anyone's mental well-being And you don't want anyone to feel like they cannot enjoy this space engage in this form of storytelling because of financial worries. And Mm -hmm. I think those two things in particular just makes it a much more inclusive space and reduces already any mental strain over accessing this story. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, it's not that they don't like to read, it's that they struggle to read. Um, it could be time, it could be dyslexia, it could be just, yeah, being able to be still. Um, And that audio component, and even just the sensory impact of audio will, Mm -hmm. you know, be positive and enriching, unless the person Mm. reading it is, like, butchering it, in which case (laughs) I don't know what to say. But I think those are really positive aspects of... um, I guess finding other ways to touch on um, people's mental well-being by removing any barriers Um, so that was I think those two things were always very front of mind because yeah i just think that what you're going to unlock from these stories you want to make sure that there's nothing that ultimately prevents a person other than the fact that they choose not to engage in it because that exists but if you have full choice you have full choice You're not Mm -hmm. making a decision based on money. You're not making a decision based on um, not being able to read or finding it difficult to read because there's an alternative. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's always quite important. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, I'd say that those two things are definitely front of mind for me.
2: Mm, Okay, okay. And uh, I guess then has that come from a place where... I guess I, I want to know, like, why do you think those were always something things which were important to you? Oh, Where have you come from a place of like actually experiencing, experiencing that myself, yeah. difficulty? Yeah,
1: um, I think for me, it's so one of my sib- my siblings, um, he has quite severe dyslexia, so mm-hmm. he was never really able to engage in reading in the way that the rest of us were and Mm. I really have always felt like that has been quite stifling for him um and something that would make him very frustrated it you know made him I would say even you know more aggressive um Mm. and particularly in his communication it meant that it was different Um, and recognising that in him um, and other people that you know exist in my environment I used to actually work in I worked in parliament for a few years um, Mm -hmm. and I also used to work for an organisation called Citizens UK way back when mostly working with like vulnerable young people and Mm -hmm. And there are just so many things that contribute to why people can't um, engage in things that are going to be nourishing and nurturing and educational. And so when I'm thinking about what I'm doing with Prim and what we're doing with Oka, it's how can we make sure that we are not creating a space that is elitist, that is ultimately not really fully inclusive Mm -hmm. and these are those things like you know eliminating those barriers because of what i'm aware of through contacts with people personally because of what i'm aware of through my environment and also just my understanding of you know our society and how little care is given or shown to people who genuinely struggle to read <laughs> yeah. like even now you know you still see schools that don't have enough of you know audio like, enough auditory options mm-hmm. for kids who literally struggle to read you know and the value mm-hmm. in reading is just it's, un, it's untold, you know.
2: <laughs> I love um, that you have actually. You've got this. Um, so you you started off with the story. Um, sorry, the book club, which obviously is about reading. As we've we've gone over, um, you talked about how you've you've moved or created access for people who don't necessarily um, see reading as their. As a thing they they can do or they can enjoy because they can't they can't sit still. But you've also um, introduced other mediums as well of storytelling. What was the significance of um, adding these to the sort of, like the mix?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's again just being aware that storytelling takes many forms. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to create, you know, a platform, we could very well just make it only about the written written content. Like, we could really do that. But when we're also thinking about what's missing, you know, what is missing in our society that creates an avenue for all black creatives and all black storytellers to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even in, in my world, you know, I have people that are digital creators making 3D shapes on screen Mm. through a hell of a lot of coding. I Mm. could never do it. (laughs) Mm. But I see the value in watching, you know, a two, three minute video of a digital being and the story that comes out of that as a result of their culture, as a result of their learning. And that needs to be shared. And not just Mm -hmm. in sort of the art sphere as an exhibition, but actually like it should just exist somewhere. And they can also be paid for that. Mm -hmm. So it's also about creating a space where we generate regular revenue for all Um, all the different types of, of all the different mediums that we use for storytelling. Because that's another thing. I feel like writers are great, you know, but I think they get quite a bit of support too. (laughs) There's (laughs) There's a lot of focus sometimes on writers. And even then, that is still really saturated. That is still really hard. And you break it down even more to people who are mostly working in sound or people who are mostly working in audio, people who are working in music, people who are doing digital creations that people still don't really entirely understand and doesn't always fit into things. Like they can't do a, I don't know, a spoken word night, for example. Mm, Um, They can't do live shows in the way that other storytellers would. so how do we create a space where people can consistently engage in these different forms of storytelling in one place
2: yeah it's amazing that i think because there's there aren't many places where you can sort of like empower and uplift so many different forms of like sharing and connecting um and yeah just like helping people like expressing Mm. their own form of their their own personal form of art um like you said like yeah there's obviously there are people who are doing coding who are making like these images or who are doing some obscure like sound design um which links to some sort of like i don't know like (laughs) <laughs> obviously it's not dancing it, but do you know what I mean yeah, there's like yeah, so many different yeah. ways people like express themselves absolutely, and like, yeah. absolutely it's such an amazing way of actually like presenting and capturing and having all these things in, in one space
1: yeah and I mean also you know I think the only thing that you know really comes to mind that, that does that and also does that really well is YouTube you know you can go on YouTube and you'll see a whole bunch of things wherever you type in you're going to find it but mm. we want someone that's dedicated to to black people Um, someone that's dedicated to uplifting them and isn't you know pinned on likes and views and that sort of hierarchical creation of Mm -hmm. this is number one, this is top it's not about that it's about people being able to express themselves and about the rest of us being able to engage in it
2: Yeah. and so um, I just kind of want to go back slightly as well at the beginning you talked about the, the book club sorry and prim being a way of forming another space outside of the club yeah. as a place for people to connect like in your community that wasn't a I guess like something something in which they felt that they could be that, that uh, I guess what I wanted to like try and um, understand a bit more about is like where what was that relationship that you had with um, the club space mm. um and how do you see, like, maybe music, like I said, infiltrating a bit more of what you do with Prim?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the club space has just been integral to my identity. Like, I feel like when I really started to show out, like, when I really started to go out, that's where mm-hmm. I really you know, okay, cool, this is K, like, this is what... This is what Chloe looks like. Like, this is mm-hmm. what you enjoy. This is what, um, you know, this is, this is the space you want to be. In. This is where you feel like you can be your most, your full self. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, you know, partying, clubbing, and engaging in music uh, in particular really was that, you know, that founding moment for me mm-hmm. um, in a way that I hadn't experienced before. And so I feel like it has a quality that is just... It breathes community music. Mm. Like, that's just what it does. It's the most... Um, it's the most shareable thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> it's, it's so hard to put into words sometimes what the impact is, but there are certain times where I will be listening to certain songs and like the percussion or the bass or the way the beat comes in literally gives me shivers. Like yeah. you feel yeah. it in your entire heart and I'm just like, no, 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 mm-hmm. are you really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's certain songs and you just know that it's just like, yeah, you know, when you're sweating and you're dancing and you've got your friends with you, your friends around you, it is, um extremely uplifting, you know, it's, ex- yeah. it's 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 extremely powerful. Um but at the same time what I did feel was that what also happens in that when you are in those spaces there are certain things that you will inevitably do and certain connections you may not make. Um sure. and it's things like where you come to a point where you feel like, okay, cool whenever I'm surrounded by my queer community in this sort of high joy, high intense moment, there is alcohol around, there is loud Mm. music, it is dark. (laughs) There Mm. are loads of people all the time and you never really get to talk to a variety of people and get to know them. You know, you know them in the club space and there are people I would have no idea what they do like I don't know their life but I know that I will see them at every party and they will see me too but we don't actually know each other um and then you start to realize that it's not enough and I think the pandemic really showed that you know we started Oka pre-pandemic but our last session was um February 2020 in person and Like, just from the start of Oka, I think we had, like, 50 people in that session. That's a book club. Like, there's really only so much, uh, so many people that you can really have at a book club. Certainly in any book club that I've seen, like, that's a lot of people to have in one space, sharing. That is,
2: that's amazing. Talking
1: about books, you know, Mm -hmm. and half of the room has not read the book, half of the room has. (laughs) And I love that. Like I love the fact that people would come to this book club even when they hadn't read the book, because it was just showing you that what people are really and truly coming for is the opportunity to learn, but the opportunity to connect with their community um and those are really powerful things and people make friends there you know friends that you know you hadn't met this person but you met them at a book club and now you're like busy mates love it um but I feel like yeah I just really opened up my thinking that you have to have an alternative. I really believe in choice and options. If you only have the club as the queer community, then you only have the club. But you can have the club. You can have a book club. You can have exhibition spaces. You can have workshops. You can have everything that every other community has in multitudes. You know, not there just being like, we are the only queer and black book club. I want to see more. I want to see them doing things differently because then you open up room for collaboration. You open up room to learn more, to meet more people. Um, And yeah, but you know, music is just so important and so integral. And I'm also a DJ and I'd always wanted to DJ but never really just did it and ever since it's just been incredible like discovering music, discovering new genres, discovering music that is very much a part of my heritage. And, like, loving house music and understanding now when you really want to look at the etymology of house music, where it really derives from, it's literally in my blood. (laughs) Like, that is why I love it, because when I think about Calypso or High Life and all the different sounds, like, William Onyabour is, like, I couldn't... That's synth, you know? Like, I couldn't even... Believe or fathom it when I stumbled on his work and so many people that are Nigerian like me that are incredible musicians even gospel music just my entire heart like always loved it and it's like thinking about all these different forms of music and how much storytelling exists in all of that like whether the song has words or not, the story that is running through it is literally telling me who I am sometimes, telling me where I've come from. It will transport me to a place where I'm in a canteen in Manor Park pumping mm-hmm. dizzy rascal. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, whoa. Like every time Um, and so I think it's really important for Prim to really be able to capture that and hone in on that so the platform will have sound and we've got you know some music videos that have been sent to us and this is not to say that those music videos don't exist elsewhere it's just to be like these are important and these are specifically made with you know black people in mind and they have a story that that is running through them that we need to take notice of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: I did actually um, listen to uh, a piece on there by Sophia Harari. Oh,
1: my babe. Love it.
2: Which is, I was, yeah, I was... En- you know? I was just completely just engrossed. It was just, it was beautiful.
1: And that is, that's, you know, that's poetry and that's music. And, yeah. You can just It was just
2: such a perfect sorry to cut you off, no. but it was such a perfect I guess like encapsulation of exactly what you were talking about. Like it had it had all those elements in there. It was really just really well done. Yeah. Like it kind of like so seamlessly kinda of like yeah kind of like flowed through yeah. her poetry. Yeah. It brought in her music. She had then was like I guess like kind of riffing mm-hmm. um in different like vocal forms
1: yeah 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 Yeah, and it's just like giving room to things like that that is you know even for her it's experimental you know she Mm. enjoys sharing her story through poetic song and Mm. having it backed with a musical element just adds to the energy and Mm. we um you know Oka, we did an erotic reading night um Uh, at the end of 2019 December Mm -hmm. and I had a a pianist um, playing um, as an accompaniment to people's readings and again it just added a completely different layer you know to have that as a background whilst people were, you know, reading, you know, seriously erotic stories because we mm. were trying to get... <laughs> I bet that was an experience. <laughs> it was beautiful. And, you know, for me as well, one of the reasons why I really wanted to do an erotic reading night was because even in the queer community, you know, eroticism is almost something that you are taught or made to feel like you need to dampen. No one wants to really okay. discuss the erotic and you mm-hmm. know really talk about what it is to engage in what I call sometimes same-sex love or queer love and um, all the different forms. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we just, you know, as always, normalise everything we do because it is normal, you know.
2: Completely. Yeah, and that is something I've really... Appreciated, like just yeah. listening and reading, um, all of the stories that you've got yeah. so far on the site. Those, those are the definitely really positive themes that that come up, like self love, like queer yeah. love, black love, and empowerment. Like just very amazing. I'm um, amazingly positive, yeah. like messages, yeah. which. I just found myself, like, sitting there and just, like, smiling (laughs) the whole time. It's like... It's good.
1: Yeah, and I I think...
2: We should be saying this to ourselves. We
1: should. And, And also, I think, especially where, you know, I guess race and blackness is concerned, you don't always want it to be entirely focused on there being like this really clear sort of activist or political message. It's actually just about us existing, doing what we love and enjoy, and that in itself being radical, that being revolutionary, that being political, because no matter what we even as black people do, someone's going to politicise it somewhere. But, you know, we don't have to always focus solely on that, even for our own mental state. Like, we don't Mm. have to and shouldn't have to focus um, so much on, on everything that, ultimately isn't positively serving us yeah
2: yeah and i think it it kind of kind of comes back to like kind of what i I kind of touched on earlier this like this idea of identity being such a big part of like the way we think about ourselves and and how that really affects our our mental health like this very much like I mean at least this was like your the love the, the love letters which I think were very much focused on that. But like this idea of um, self love and black love are things that they very much like combat this this I, I guess like very easy cycle of like negative thought that can come from like feeling not connected to your your own self and your own identity through like not necessarily having like knowledge of your ancestry that sort of thing do you know what I mean um yeah it's just it's just amazing
1: I'm glad you enjoyed it I'm glad you
2: enjoyed (laughs) it Of course, of course. Um, so, what have you got planned? Um, what is what is there planned in the future for Prim? Can you can you uh, can you talk about this sort of thing?
1: Crikey. Um, <laughs> so, the next key thing will be to um, release the visual content um, that we have, which is a mm-hmm. mixture of photography, film, music, um, and some digital art as well so in the process of aligning all of that making sure everything has subtitles and sound is all good and really clear um just to make sure that we're not inadvertently excluding anyone from accessing that content so that's mm-hmm. the next major thing um really just continuing with Oka, um more books um we've got some really lovely partnerships coming up which we should hopefully be able to announce soon but that will again just increase our ability to you know buy books for people who want to come to sessions increase our um, ability to ensure people have audio books as well um, and also allow us to support some local bookshops which is really exciting um, and then I'm really working on doing a pop-up bookshop. I really want that to happen, so wow. I'm just gonna put it out in the ether because that would be sick, so mm-hmm. you know it's now just the location is secured. the rest is, yeah, get the books, get the partners. <laughs> get the money in, (laughs) all of that stuff. But yeah, I really want to do a really amazing pop-up bookstore and just allow um, space for people to come, you know, meet with us in person, understand the platform, buy some books, have a library and just share some books. So drop Mm -hmm. a book, take a book type vibes. Um, And yeah, like those would be... And the rest is just, yeah, thriving. That That's it. <laughs>
2: amazing. Amazing. Um, thank you so much. I guess, like, there's there's a lot I've definitely taken from mm, that. Thank you. I really am excited to see. Um, I mean, obviously, in your own time, as we discussed yeah, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm ready and waiting to see. Uh, and... Listen and read um, what comes out of Prim um, in the future. Lovely,
1: we are, we here for for the long haul. So we pray. Thank you so much for um, having me here, discuss and talk and (laughs) share my thoughts. It's been um, really nice, actually, Um, and yeah, really, really appreciate it. And it's lovely to meet you.
2: You too, you too. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Chloe Bailey Abazi and Andrew Metzer. Black Minds Matter are currently looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate £5 a month. With your support, they can take real steps towards achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on the face of black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you're able to help. I will be back with a new episode for you next week. Until then, our full archive is available for you to take in. And if you find something that you love, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts as it helps get our stories to more ears.